Section 14 of a Collection of Supreme Court Opinions by the United States Supreme Court. This is the LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. United States versus Wong Kim Ark 169, U.S. 649, decided March 27, 1898. Part 4. Please note, this is a reading of the opinion of the court only. This reading does not include the syllabus or any concurring or dissenting opinions. For ease of listening, this reading omits legal citations found within the text of the court's opinion. In the great case of the exchange, 1812-7, Cranch, 116, the grounds upon which foreign ministers are, and other aliens are not, exempt from the jurisdiction of this country were set forth by chief justice marshall in a clear and powerful train of reasoning of which it will be sufficient for our present purpose to give little more than the outlines the opinion did not touch upon the anomalous castes of the indian tribes the true relation of which to the united states was not directly brought up before this court until some years afterwards in cherokee nation versus georgia eighteen thirty one five pet one nor upon the case of a suspension of the sovereignty of the united states over part of their territory by reason of hostile occupation such as was also afterwards presented in united states versus rice above cited but in all other respects it covered the whole question of what persons within the territory of the united states are subject to the jurisdiction thereof the chief justice first laid down the general principle Quote, the jurisdiction of the nation within its own territory is necessarily exclusive and absolute. It is susceptible of no limitation not imposed by itself. Any restriction upon it, deriving validity from an external source, would imply a diminution of its sovereignty to the extent of the restriction, and an investment of that sovereignty to the same extent in that power which could impose such restriction all exceptions therefore to the full and complete power of a nation within its own territories must be traced up to the consent of the nation itself they can flow from no other legitimate source this consent may be either expressed or implied in the latter case it is less determinate exposed more to the uncertainties of construction but if understood not less obligatory he then stated and supported by argument and illustration the propositions that Quote, this full and absolute territorial jurisdiction being alike the attribute of every sovereign and being incapable of conferring extraterritorial power end quote, has quote, given rise to a class of cases in which every sovereign is understood to waive the exercise of a part of that complete exclusive territorial jurisdiction which has been stated to be the attribute of every nation the first of which is the exemption from arrest or detention of the person of a foreign sovereign entering its territory with its license because the foreign sovereign is not understood as intending to subject himself to a jurisdiction incompatible with his dignity and the dignity of his nation a second case standing on the same principles with the first is the immunity which all civilized nations allow to foreign ministers a third case in which a sovereign is understood to cede a portion of his territorial jurisdiction is where he allows the troops of a foreign prince to pass through his dominions, end quote. and in conclusion that, quote, 
a public armed ship in the service of a foreign sovereign with whom the government of the united states is at peace and having entered an american port open for her reception on the terms on which ships of war are generally permitted to enter the ports of a friendly power must be considered as having come into the american territory under an implied promise that while necessarily within it and demeaning herself in a friendly manner she should be exempt from the jurisdiction of the country end quote. as to the immunity of a foreign minister he said quote, whatever may be the prince upon which this immunity is established whether we consider him as in the place of the sovereign he represents or by a political fiction suppose him to be extraterritorial and therefore in point of law not within the jurisdiction of the sovereign at whose court he resides still the immunity itself is granted by the governing power of the nation to which the minister is deputed this fiction of extraterritoriality could not be erected and supported against the will of the sovereign of the territory he is supposed to assent to it the assent of the sovereign to the very important and extensive exemptions from territorial jurisdiction which are admitted to attach to foreign ministers is implied from the considerations that without such exemption every sovereign would hazard his own dignity by employing a public minister abroad his minister would owe temporary and local allegiance to a foreign prince and would be less competent to the objects of his mission a sovereign committing the interests of his nation with the foreign power to the care of a person whom he has selected for that purpose cannot intend to subject his minister to any degree to that power and therefore a consent to receive him implies a consent that he shall possess those privileges which his principal intended he should retain which are essential to the dignity of his sovereign and to the duties he is bound to perform End quote. the reasons for not allowing to other aliens exemption quote, from the jurisdiction of the country in which they are found, end quote, were stated as follows, quote, When private individuals of one nation spread themselves through another as business or caprice may direct, mingling indiscriminately with the inhabitants of that other, or when merchant vessels enter for the purposes of trade, it would be obviously inconvenient and dangerous to society and would subject the laws to continual infraction and the government to degradation as such individuals or merchants did not owe temporary and local allegiance and were not amenable to the jurisdiction of the country nor can the foreign sovereign have any motive for wishing such exemption his subjects thus passing into foreign countries are not employed by him nor are they engaged in national pursuits consequently there are powerful motives for not exempting persons of this description from the jurisdiction of the country in which they are found and no one motive for requiring it the implied license therefore under which they enter can never be construed to grant such exemption in short the judgment in the case of the exchange declared as incontrovertible principles that the jurisdiction of every nation within its own territory is exclusive and absolute and is susceptible of no limitation not imposed by the nation itself that all exceptions to its full and absolute territorial jurisdiction must be traced up to its own consent express or implied that upon its consent to cede or to waive the exercise of a part of its territorial jurisdiction rest the exemptions from that jurisdiction of foreign sovereigns or their armies entering its territory with its permission and of their foreign ministers and public ships of war and that the implied license under which private individuals of another nation enter the territory and mingle indiscriminately with its inhabitants for purposes of business or pleasure can never be construed to grant to them an exemption from the jurisdiction of the country in which they are found 
from the first organization of the national government under the constitution the naturalization acts of the united states in providing for the admission of aliens to citizenship by judicial proceedings uniformly required every applicant to have resided for a certain time quote, within the limits and under the jurisdiction of the united states end quote, and thus applied the words quote, under the jurisdiction of the united states end quote, to aliens residing here before they had taken an oath to support the constitution of the united states or had renounced allegiance to a foreign government and from seventeen ninety five the provisions of those acts which granted citizenship to foreign-born children of american parents described such children as quote, born out of the limits and jurisdiction of the united states end quote. thus congress when dealing with the question of citizenship in that aspect treated aliens residing in this country as quote, under the jurisdiction of the united states end quote, and american parents residing abroad as quote, out of the jurisdiction of the united states End quote. The words, quote, in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, end quote, in the first sentence of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution must be presumed to have been understood and intended by the Congress which proposed the amendment and by the legislatures which adopted it in the same sense in which the like words have been used by Chief Justice Marshall in the well-known case of the exchange and as the equivalent of the words, quote, within the limits and under the jurisdiction of the United States. End quote, and the converse of the words quote, out of the limits and jurisdiction of the United States end quote, as habitually used in the naturalization acts. This presumption is confirmed by the use of the word jurisdiction in the last clause of the same section of the fourteenth amendment, which forbids any state to quote, deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. End quote it is impossible to construe the words quote, subject to the jurisdiction thereof end quote, in the opening sentence as less comprehensive than the words quote, within its jurisdiction end quote, in the concluding sentence of the same section or to hold that persons quote, within the jurisdiction end quote, of one of the states of the union are not quote, subject to the jurisdiction of the united states end quote. These considerations confirm the view already expressed in this opinion that the opening sentence of the 14th Amendment is throughout affirmative and declaratory intended to allay doubts and to settle controversies which had arisen and not to impose any new restrictions upon citizenship. By the Civil Rights Act of 1866, quote, all persons born in the United States and not subject to any foreign power excluding Indians not taxed, end quote, were declared to be citizens of the United States. In the light of the law as previously established and of the history of the times, it can hardly be doubted that the words of that act, quote, not subject to any foreign power, end quote, were not intended to exclude any children born in this country from the citizenship which would theretofore have been their birthright, or, for instance, for the first time in our history, to deny the right of citizenship to native-born children of foreign white parents, not in the diplomatic service of their own country, nor in hostile occupation of part of our territory, but any possible doubt in this regard was removed when the negative words of the Civil Rights Act, quote, not subject to any foreign power, end quote, gave way in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution to the affirmative words, quote, subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, end quote. This sentence of the 14th Amendment is declaratory of existing rights and affirmative of existing law as to each of the qualifications therein expressed. Quote, 
born in the United States, naturalized in the United States, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, end quote. In short, as to everything relating to the acquisition of citizenship by facts occurring within the limits of the United States, but it has not touched the acquisition of citizenship by being born abroad of American parents, and has left that subject to be regulated as it had always been by Congress in the exercise of the power conferred by the Constitution to establish a uniform rule of naturalization. The effect of the enactments conferring citizenship on foreign-born children of American parents has been defined, and the fundamental rule of citizenship by birth within the dominion of the United States, notwithstanding alienage of parents, has been affirmed in well-considered opinions of the executive departments of the government since the adoption of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution. In 1869, Attorney General Hoare gave to Mr. Fish, the Secretary of State, an opinion that children born and domiciled abroad whose fathers were native-born citizens of the United States and had at some time resided therein were, under the statute of February 10, 1855, C. 71, citizens of the United States and, quote, entitled to all the privileges of citizenship which it is in the power of the United States government to confer. Within the sovereignty and jurisdiction of this nation, they are undoubtedly entitled to all the privileges of citizens. But, end quote, the Attorney General added, quote, while the United States may by law fix or declare the conditions constituting citizens of the country within its own territorial jurisdiction, and may confer the rights of American citizens everywhere upon persons who are not rightfully subject to the authority of any foreign country or government, it is clear that the United States cannot, by undertaking to confer the rights of citizenship upon the subjects of a foreign nation who have not come within our territory, interfere with the just rights of such nation to the government and control of its own subjects. If, therefore, by the laws of the country of their birth, children of American citizens born in that country are subjects of its government, I do not think that it is competent to the United States by any legislation to interfere with that relation or, by undertaking to extend to them the rights of citizens of this country, to interfere with the allegiance which they may owe to the country of their birth while they continue within its territory, or to change the relation to other foreign nations which, by reason of their place of birth, may at any time exist. The rule of the common law I understand to be that a person, quote, born in a strange country under the obedience of a strange prince or country is an alien, end quote, and that every person owes allegiance to the country of his birth." End quote. In 1871, Mr. Fish, writing to Mr. Marsh, the American minister to Italy, said, quote, The Fourteenth Amendment to the Constitution declares that, quote, All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States. End quote. This is simply an affirmance of the common law of England and of this country so far as it asserts the status of citizenship to be fixed by the place of nativity irrespective of parentage. The qualification, quote, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, end quote, 
was probably intended to exclude the children of foreign ministers and of other persons who may be within our territory with rights of extraterritoriality end quote. in august eighteen seventy three president grant in the exercise of the authority expressly conferred upon the president by article two section two of the constitution to quote, require the opinion in writing of the principal officer in each of the executive departments upon any subject relating to the duties of their respective offices end quote, required the opinions of the members of his cabinet upon several questions of allegiance naturalization and expatriation mr fish in his opinion which is entitled to much weight as well from the circumstances under which it was rendered as from its masterly treatment of the subject said Quote, every independent state has as one of the incidents of its sovereignty the right of municipal legislation and jurisdiction over all persons within its territory and may therefore change their nationality by naturalization and this without regard to the municipal laws of the country whose subjects are so naturalized as long as they remain or exercise the rights conferred by naturalization within the territory and jurisdiction of the state which grants it it may also endow with the rights and privileges of its citizenship persons residing in other countries so as to entitle them to all rights of property and of succession within its limits and also with political privileges and civil rights to be enjoyed or exercised within the territory and jurisdiction of the state thus conferring its citizenship but no sovereignty can extend its jurisdiction beyond its own territorial limits so as to relieve those born under and subject to another jurisdiction from their obligations or duties thereto nor can the municipal law of one state interfere with the duties or obligations which its citizens incur while voluntarily resident in such foreign state and without the jurisdiction of their own country it is evident from the proviso in the act of tenth february eighteen fifty five this quote, that the rights of citizenship shall not descend to persons whose fathers never resided in the united states end quote, that the law-making power not only had in view this limit to the efficiency of its own municipal enactments in foreign jurisdiction but that it has conferred only a qualified citizenship upon the children of american fathers born without the jurisdiction of the united states and has denied to them what pertains to other american citizens the right of transmitting citizenship to their children unless they shall have made themselves residents of the united states or in the language of the fourteenth amendment of the constitution have made themselves quote, subject to the jurisdiction thereof end quote. the child born of alien parents in the united states as held to be a citizen thereof and to be subject to duties with regard to this country which do not attach to the father the same principle on which such children are held by us to be citizens of the united states and to be subject to duties to this country applies to the children of american fathers born without the jurisdiction of the united states and entitles the country within whose jurisdiction they are born to claim them as citizen and to subject them to duties to it such children are born to a double character the citizenship of the father is that of the child so far as the laws of the country of which the father is a citizen are concerned and within the jurisdiction of that country but the child from the circumstances of his birth may acquire rights and owes another fealty besides that which attaches to the father End quote. 
in eighteen eighty six upon the application of a son born in france of an american citizen and residing in france for a passport mr bayard the secretary of state as appears by letters from him to the secretary of legation in paris and from the latter to the applicant quoted and adopted the conclusions of attorney-general hoare in his opinion above cited these opinions go to show that since the adoption of the fourteenth amendment the executive branch of the government the one charged with the duty of protecting american citizens abroad against unjust treatment by other nations has taken the same view of the act of congress of eighteen fifty five declaring children born abroad of american citizens to be themselves citizens which as mentioned in a former part of this opinion the british foreign office has taken of similar acts of parliament holding that such statutes cannot consistently with our own established rule of citizenship by birth in this country operate extraterritorially so far as to relieve any person born and residing in a foreign country and subject to its government from his allegiance to that country in a very recent case the supreme court of new jersey held that a person born in this country of scotch parents who were domiciled but had not been naturalized here was quote, subject to the jurisdiction of the united states end quote, within the meaning of the fourteenth amendment and was quote, not subject to any foreign power end quote, within the meaning of the civil rights act of eighteen sixty six and in an opinion delivered by justice van sickle with the concurrence of chief justice beasley said quote, the object of the fourteenth amendment as is well known was to confer upon the colored race the right of citizenship it however gave to the colored people no right superior to that granted to the white race the ancestors of all the colored people then in the united states were of foreign birth and could not have been naturalized or in any way have become entitled to the right of citizenship the colored people were no more subject to the jurisdiction of the united states by reason of their birth here than were the white children born in this country of parents who were not citizens the same rule must be applied to both races and unless the general rule that when the parents are domiciled here birth establishes the right of citizenship is accepted the fourteenth amendment has failed to accomplish its purpose and the colored people are not citizens the fourteenth amendment by the language quote, all persons born in the united states and subject to the jurisdiction thereof end quote, was intended to bring all races without distinction of color within the rule which prior to that time pertained to the white race End quote. the foregoing considerations and authorities irresistibly lead us to these conclusions the fourteenth amendment affirms the ancient and fundamental rule of citizenship by birth within the territory and the allegiance and under the protection of the country including all children here born of resident aliens with the exceptions or qualifications as old as the rule itself of children of foreign sovereigns or their ministers or born on foreign public ships or of enemies within and during a hostile occupation of part of our territory and with the single additional exception of children of members of the indian tribes owing direct allegiance to their several tribes the amendment in clear words and in manifest intent includes the children born within the territory of the united states of all other persons of whatever race or color domiciled within the united states every citizen or subject of another country while domiciled here is within the allegiance and the protection and consequently subject to the jurisdiction of the united states his allegiance to the united states is direct and immediate and although but local and temporary continuing only so long as he remains within our territory 
is yet in the words of lord coke and calvin's case seven rep six a strong enough to make a natural subject for if he hath issue here that issue is a natural-born subject and his child as said by mr binney in his essay before quoted if born in the country is as much a citizen as the natural-born child of a citizen and by operation in the same principle it can hardly be denied that an alien is completely subject to the political jurisdiction of the country in which he resides seeing that as said by mr webster when secretary of state in his report to the president on thrasher's case in eighteen fifty one and since repeated by this court quote, independently of a residence with intention to continue such residence independently of any domiciliation independently of the taking of any oath of allegiance or of renouncing any former allegiance it is well known that by the public law an alien or a stranger born for so long a time as he continues within the dominions of a foreign government owes obedience to the laws of that government and may be punished for treason or other crimes as a native-born subject might be unless his case is varied by some treaty stipulations End quote. End of section fourteen